Welcome to God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained, where you get insight surrounding God, the Bible, and spiritual things that you may or may not have heard before. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, God's Child. Today, we're looking at the question, what's the difference between demonic influence and demonic possession? Demons, ghosts, you may have seen lots of scary movies or shows depicting ghosts out to get us. And if you're a Christian, you may have read about demons in the Bible or heard about them in church. No matter how you may know about them, the mere mention of either usually strikes lots of fear in people. Now, while I don't believe in ghosts, I definitely know demons exist because they're spoken of in the Bible, which I believe is true, and because of actual experiences and observations of them. Now, I do realize a lot of people, even those who say they're Christian, don't believe they're real. However, some of them may believe ghosts are real, which is just another example of how people rather believe what the world says is true, which is usually totally opposite or a gross perversion of God's truth. Go figure. For those who choose to believe demons exist, it's important to know that not everything we think is demonic possession is. Some things are actually just demonic influence instead. Not saying either is good, because they ain't, <laughs> but there is a difference. So, what is it? Let's talk about it. First, before getting into the difference between demonic influence and demonic possession, let me make sure everyone knows what a demon is, because it won't necessarily help to know the difference if you don't know where the adjective demonic comes from. Demonic is the adjective of demon, which describes things related to demons. So, what is a demon? Long story short, a demon is a fallen angel. God created angels before he even created man. Angels are heavenly beings and are good. However, before man was created, some of the angels, led by another angel named Hillel, or Lucifer in the English translation, thought they were bad boys, bad boys. So they bucked the authority of God thinking they could run things better. And um, they horribly bamboozled themselves, got into a losing battle that was technically over before it even started, and as a result, got the boot out of heaven, which is why they're referred to as fallen angels. Today, we know them as demons, also devils, and uh, their leader's alias became Satan, aka the devil. There are other aliases for him, too, but uh, we're not going to get into all that right now. So, what is demonic influence? It's when a person or animal does things motivated by one or more demons or demonic powers outside of them. Keywords, outside of them. So, technically... This could also be from contact with someone who is actually demon-possessed. You know, it's like when you think somebody is your friend and they tell you to do something stupid. And you know it's stupid, but you do it anyway and get yourself in trouble. Baby, that's what influence is. Well, what is demonic possession? 
It's when a person or animal is controlled by or does things motivated by one or more demons inside of them. Keywords inside of them. Think rabies and what it does to its host. That's what possession's like. And if you don't know what rabies is, read or watch Old Yellow. Now to think of it, Old Yellow might not have had rabies. He could have been demon possessed. Wait a minute, who wrote that story? Why they killed Old Yellow? Why they killed Old Yellow? Well, you know what? Let's just get into some examples from the Word of God. We'll start with some examples of demonic influence. So for this, let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more cunning than any animal of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God really said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You certainly won't die. For God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will become like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to her eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves waist coverings. Now here, you have an example of an animal being actually possessed, okay? The animal is actually possessed by a demon, Satan himself actually. So this snake is possessed by Satan. However, when it comes to Eve, who disobeyed God to eat from the tree, because she listened to the snake. She was influenced by the snake that was possessed by Satan. But in this case, Eve herself was not demonically possessed. She was demonically influenced. And then she influenced her husband, Adam. Okay? So, again, this is an example of an animal possessed by Satan <laughs> who influenced someone and that someone was Eve who then influenced her husband for our next example let's go to 1st Samuel chapter 16 verses 14 through 23 which reads now the spirit of the Lord left Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord terrified him. Saul's servants then said to him, behold now, an evil spirit from God is terrifying you. May our Lord now command your servants who are before you. 
have them search for a man who is a skillful musician on the harp. And it shall come about whenever the evil spirit from God is on you, that he shall play the harp with his hand and you will become well. So Saul said to his servants, now select for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the young men responded and said, behold, I've seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician, a valiant, mighty man, a warrior, skillful in speech, and a handsome man, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, send me your son David, who is with the flock. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and a jug of wine, and he took a young goat and sent them to Saul by his son David. Then David came to Saul and attended him. And Saul greatly loved him, and he became his armor bearer. So Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Let David now be my attendant, for he has found favor in my sight. So it came about, whenever the evil spear from God came to Saul, David would take the harp and play it with his hand, and Saul would feel relieved and become well, and the evil spirit would leave him. So here we see that an evil spirit from the Lord <laughs> was sent to Saul. So in this case, the demonic power is on the outside of King Saul. The evil spirit is <laughs> on the outside. So it's terrifying him. So he was apparently doing some stuff and his the, the, the people that worked for him realized and they was like, hey, we need to get this man some help because he terrified um with this spirit on him. And what in the jumping junipers of early ventriloquism we got going on here? Did you notice how his servants came with the idea and they was like, behold now, an evil spirit from God is terrifying you, King. <laughs> May our Lord now command your servants who are before you have them search for a man who is a skillful musician on the harp and it shall come about whenever the evil spirit from God is upon you that he shall play the harp with his hand and you will become well <laughs> so notice the dummy King Saul okay Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like early ventriloquism, I'm referring to the doll they call a dummy, okay? His servants tell him what he need to tell them to do, okay? Because, you know, they don't want to seem like they're being bossy or anything. They're just saying, okay, King, this is what you need to do. And then as the dummy, King Saul repeats. What they say, just like it just came from his mind, <laughs> because it says, so Saul said to his servants, now select for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. <laughs> it was exactly what his servants basically told him to tell them. So I'm like, okay, is this like early ventriloquism before it even happened? <laughs> you know, but anyway, we see that there is a power outside of Saul that is motivating him to do stuff. And apparently to his servants, 
he looked terrified okay so it was motivating him to be terrified and there was some other stuff that happened after this later on you know where he threw a javelin at david and yeah that was motivated by the evil spirit that came upon him that influenced him to kind of do that because he was agitated you see the evil spirit agitated him you see it said whenever David would play the harp that he would feel relieved and become well and the evil spirit would leave him. So, so yeah, so this is another example of the demonic powers or devils that can motivate you to do some some fine things okay manipulate you to do some fine things all right and so this was the case with king saul the first king of israel now with our next example this is going to show you that just because somebody in church or they say they christian or they say they love god don't mean they can't be influenced by demons are demonic powers because <laughs> for this next one we going straight to one that was close to jesus so close to jesus he could he could he he, he, he could probably smell his breath okay and for this one let's go to matthew chapter 16 verses 21 through 23 and just to say i'm pretty sure jesus breath smelled real good okay <laughs> all right but let's Go ahead and read. From that time, Jesus began to point out to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and to suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and to be killed and to be raised up on the third day. And yet, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned, and he meaning Jesus, and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's purposes, but men's. All right. So um, here we see that Peter was one of the disciples as a matter of fact just before this happened not too long before this happened peter answered the question that jesus had of who do men say that i am and 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 then he said who do you say that i am and that's when peter answered and he said you are the christ and he he basically spoke you know exactly who jesus was and jesus said oh none but the father oh none but the father has revealed this to you and he was kind of put up there he said you on this rock shall i build okay so he was kind of praised by jesus before but you see how he got the big head you know what well it wasn't necessarily big head because the first time when he gave the answer jesus said it was none but the father you know by way of holy spirit that has revealed this to you so we see he was influenced by the father via holy spirit for that first answer that he gave now coming around here what well, he told he gonna pull this lord aside and rebuke him ain't that 
gonna rebuke the Lord. You know, it's gonna tell you, know, you wrong, you got that wrong. And we know Jesus is the truth to say he is the word of God. So we know if Peter was saying this, that this is not gonna happen, he was basically calling Jesus a lie. Oh, Jesus had to say, hold up, back it up, back it up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Get behind me, Satan. But notice he says Satan when it said he said to Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. He didn't say get behind me, Peter, because Jesus knew he was being influenced by Satan. Now, I didn't say that Satan was in him. Okay, but Satan probably whispered that in his thoughts or Peter was in his uh, feelings and wasn't in the spirit. So he was influenced by Satan. No, this ain't going to happen. So he was basically calling Jesus a liar. <laughs> ain't that crazy? But again, notice how Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And I say that loud because it had an exclamation point in the translation. So that meant that Jesus got but while out with him, like he said that Peter pulled him to the side. So Peter might have tried. Mm. <laughs> he pulled him to the side and said it. But Jesus was like, give behind me, say sometimes you got to let the devil know. Okay, you got to be loud with it sometimes. And, you know, uh, that that's just an example of the influence of demons or demonic powers and by the way satan is was the leader of the of the pack or <laughs> the pack that got kicked out of heaven okay all right so so i'm just saying don't be looking at people in church and people that say they love god and people say they christian as if they can't be influenced by by satan or demonic powers or, or the demons because because they can and right here jesus let us know that they can so you need to make sure you know your word and know your truth or what god has told you because sometimes even those who say they close to Jesus, who say they know God, they gonna be influenced by them outside demonic powers, okay? Them them demons, you know, on the outside, and they could say something to you that ain't from God. So be watchful. And for our next example, was one of the disciples too. <laughs> But it was the other disciple where things didn't end too well for him. So let's go to John chapter 13, verse 2, which reads, And during supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, and that him is Jesus. Now, I know you might be saying, but later, doesn't it say? But we're talking about this specific scripture here pay close attention where it says the devil having already put into the heart of judas iscariot so before judas iscariot had done anything we see it says the devil had put into his heart when it says put into his heart we're not talking about that physical beating pumping fleshly heart we're talking about his mind, okay? And so here we see that a thought was put into his mind. And 
apparently he didn't cast it down. Like, you know how the word says you need to cast down those uh, things that go against God. And so that thought from the devil, from Satan, was put into his heart heart here so it started off by being an influence from the outside yes the devil demons demonic powers can put thoughts into your mind have ideas to come to you and they're not always from you a lot of times we be thinking things or some come across our mind and we think oh my goodness how could i sometimes it's not from you could be from you but it might not be from you because as we see here, it says strictly the devil having already put into the heart of Judas's chariot. OK, the devil put that thought into Judas's chariot's mind. Now, I'm not saying he had no other stuff going on in his mind, but it says here and it makes specific notation to let us know the devil having already put into the heart of Judas's carry in mind, which brings about more importance to the scripture where it says we got to cast down imaginations and every high thing, which is also itself against the knowledge of God. Okay. So, so here is letting us know that those demonic powers, the devil, the demons can influence us from the outside through our thoughts. And if we don't cast those things down, which is why the word tells us to cast them down, they can lead to greater things. And as we see later on with Judas, and most of you may know, it led to something greater for him doing that was bad, 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 bad. But here, just letting you know, neither me, nor you, nor anybody else is immune to these demonic powers or Satan or the demons trying to put thoughts into our mind. That's where this do music, watching TV, and just those frequencies and things that just float that's out there in the air. Okay, okay. Uh, it, it can happen to it can happen to us. They were letting us see here through the word, even with Jesus, okay, Judas was just as close to Jesus as Peter was, the way he could probably smell his breath too. And again, I say, I believe Jesus' breath smelled good, okay? But you see how close he was to Jesus. So again, it's showing us not even those who say they know Christ, not even those who are in a church, they could be leaders, they could be hallelujah, all that up in there, they could be dressed to the T, to the nine, looking like they holy, but they're not immune from being influenced by demonic powers or the devil or the demons, okay, outside of them. So that's why it tells us in the word, you got to cast down those imaginations and every high thing, which is also self against the knowledge of God. Because right here we see with Judas, the devil put that thought in his heart. The devil put that thought in his mind and he didn't cast it down because we see by his actions later. So again, watch y'all, watch and pray. Now, speaking to those things which I spoke of that could just be out there in the air, just in our atmosphere, let's go to Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three, which reads, 
and you were dead in your offenses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. So here is speaking to there's a prince over the power of the air. There is one who is controlling the air, those things that are out there, whether they be thoughts or frequencies, other things that can influence us to do or to say things. And remember, it's the air. So it's outside of us. But notice where it says of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So it says, according to the power or according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, whereas the air is outside of us. The prince over that air, referring to Satan, okay, is over over that air. Again, when you listen to music, watching TV, listening to other things that people are saying, whether it's literature, reading, all these things that are out there that are dominating or just floating through the air, our atmospheres, they're on the outside of us. But if you see it, says the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So whereas it can be on the outside to influence us, to motivate us to do certain things. Well, if you don't cast it out, like I was saying before, like we looked at the case of Judas's carrier, it can get in you, okay? But right now we're talking about demonic or um, uh, demon influence, which is on the outside of us. So when it's in the air, it can influence us from the outside, but if we don't cast it down, if we don't do something about it, it can get in us, okay? And as it says here, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, and we see Judas became one of them sons of disobedience, all right? And we don't want you to become one of them. But it says, we too previously lived in the lust of our flesh, even those of us who say we are children of God, okay? So when we was in our flesh, you know what? We was being ruled by the power of the air. And just because we're children of God don't mean that it can't happen again if we don't do what we need to, which is to cast those thoughts down, to abstain from like certain things that's on the outside of us that we know have nothing to do with God. That's just straight up <laughs> demonic. But there's some other things that are not as clear to us that they are um, of demonic power or caused by demons. So we need to be watchful. We need to pray. We need to study. We need to have discernment to know these things. Otherwise, that prince of the power of the air that's controlling things on the outside of us can get in us. <laughs> okay. So, so again, it says that we 
by nature were children of wrath, just like the rest of them. But now that we're children of God, we don't have to be that way. But there's certain things we got to do in order to keep ourselves from that. Because, again, if just because we become the children, the children of God doesn't mean that the prince of the power of the air cannot influence us. And we can be influenced from the outside if we're not careful. And to talk further about these ungodly powers, Ephesians 6 verse 12 tells us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Okay, the heavenly places. That means those spiritual places, okay? It's not a physical place, okay? But, as we're talking about the influence, these things that are in the atmospheres, that are in the spiritual realm, these things can influence us, can influence our thoughts, um, can influence our our behavior. So, again, as the word says, it's letting you know our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, powers against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So understand that this influence can come from different places, wherever these powers are. That's why I say demons are demonic powers. They can influence music. They can influence the entertainment, the mind of the person that's creating this entertainment, influence people to do certain things you don't even know. Strangers coming up to you saying or doing certain things. Even the people that you know coming up to you doing certain uh, certain things or saying certain things. So, uh, but understand is not flesh and blood that you have to be as concerned about Rather, these ungodly powers, these demonic powers and demons that are behind certain things. So once you understand that, you won't focus all your energy necessarily on the vessel that may be influenced. But you understand what the root is, what the root cause of that thing, and you'll be able to deal with that thing. Moving on to examples of demonic possession. Yes. And we're going to start with Judas Iscariot, <laughs> which was one of the disciples we left off on when we talked about demonic influence. And for this, let's go to Luke chapter 22, verses 3 through 6, which says, And Satan entered Judas, the one called Iscariot, who belonged to the number of the twelve. And he left and discussed with the chief priests and officers how he was to betray him to them. And they were delighted and agreed to give him money. And so he consented and began looking for a good opportunity to betray him to them away from the crowd. So here it says, and Satan entered Judas. Entered. To enter something means you go inside of it. When you enter your home, you go inside of your home. When you enter your car, you get inside of your car. So in this scripture, it's letting us know that Satan got inside of Judas, which is why this is demonic possession here 
rather than just influence. So he let the thoughts get in him, which allowed the entryway for Satan to get inside of him, not just to influence him from the outside through the thoughts, but he was able to get in him now and to be able to control him or motivate him to do those things which he wanted him to do. So again, watch and pray, cast down imaginations and every high thing, which is also self against the knowledge of God or else mm, that's when possession uh, can take place. When you allow those things to get inside of you rather than just influence you and boy it didn't end well for Judas (laughs) for those of you who have actually read the story this next example is not only going to show us how people can be possessed by demons but also animals as well for this let's go to Mark chapter 5 verses 1 through 13 and it says they meaning the disciples and Jesus, came to the other side of the sea, into the region of the Gesserines. When he got out of the boat, meaning Jesus, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, not even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and cutting himself with stones. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him and shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do you have with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had already been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit and he was asking him what is your name and he said to him my name is legion for we are many and he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the region now there was a large herd of pigs feeding nearby on the mountain and the demons begged him saying send us into the pigs so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. So we see that there was a man, you know, maybe they thought he was deranged or whatever it was the people they chained him up and he would be in the tombs and he would break out of the chains he was basically what they would call probably like insane crazy or whatever and when he ran up to Jesus it wasn't him who was really speaking but it was the demons inside of him not just one demon but multiple demons. And Jesus said, what's your name? And he said, Legion. Legion was the name for the entire group of them. And we're not going to go into what Legion means, but there was, um, or there's a definition for Legion when it comes to Roman soldiers by, by the number of them. But anyway, 
it was a whole bunch of them just all up in that man, okay? Now, these demons knew who Jesus was, and they was terrified. They was like, you, you going to torture us? Please, please don't torture us, okay? Send us into the pigs, aka the swine. You know, back then, they, they called them swine. But um, Jesus gave them permission, and it said the unclean spirits entered the pigs. Again, if you enter something, you go inside of them. And look what happened when those spirits, he said it was 2,000 of the pigs, not 2,000 of the pigs, and every one of them, all 2,000 of them had the demons go inside of them, okay? 2,000 pigs, remember I told you it was a whole bunch of them inside of that man, okay? So these demons, legion, the whole group of them is what they were called, left out of the man and Jesus allowed them to get inside of the pigs, and they said all 2,000 of them pigs, they couldn't even handle those spirits that had been in that one man. Imagine that in that one man. And so what happened was them pigs committed suicide. Imagine that them pigs was like, uh-uh, we can't do this. And the pigs committed suicide. They said they went off. <laughs> they went off the bank into the sea, and they drowned. Okay, so sometimes it's not even just one. Sometimes it could be more than one that can be inside of a person or an animal. Sometimes these animals don't just be acting strange just to be acting strange and don't be doing certain stuff just to be doing it because sometimes it could be some demons inside of them. So that's why I was a little, a little, you know, it was a story though when you talk about old yellow, but you know, these stories sometimes can get you a little emotional, okay? Because, you know, his his family was like, okay, you know, uh, old yellow, oh, yellow got rabies, we're gonna have to kill him. But what if it was actually a demon or multiple demons that was inside of him and not actually rabies, you know, from the transfer from the other animal that he was fighting with? You know, how he that's supposed to be how he how old yellow got the rabies. But what if it was demons inside of that animal they got inside of old yellow? Okay, and they done killed old yellow. But in this case, we know for sure. In this particular story, that these were demons. It wasn't some disease or anything that made these pigs go crazy because the demons confronted Jesus through the man and they knew their time was up, <laughs> which is why they ran to Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus is the authority, baby. And they ran and they knew what was up. And they was like, hey, can you just send us into the pigs? Don't do the other thing to us. And Jesus gave them permission. Let them go into the pigs. Like I said, they entered into the pigs, got inside the pigs, and these things were so strong that they made these pigs want to commit suicide, and they jumped off the cliff into the sea and drowned. Cause um, I don't think they can swim. But anyway, <laughs> there you have it. Not only can they inhabit us, but they can inhabit other animals too. So be mindful of that. Next, let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 32, which reads, Now when evening came, after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. So here's yet another example 
of people being demon possessed and they brought them all to Jesus so he could deal with them. And our next example, let's go to Mark chapter 1, verses 23 through 26. Just then, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do you have with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. After throwing him into convulsions and crying out with a loud voice, the unclean spirit came out of him. Glory, hallelujah. Do you see what authority will do? Jesus got loud and he said, look, shut up and get out of him. (laughs) And, you know, the spirit didn't want to come out at first. And so what it did to the man, because the spirit, the spirit was in the man, the demon. Okay, when it says unclean spirit, the demon was in the man and he didn't want to let him go so it said it threw him into convulsions probably like he was having a seizure made him cry with a loud with a loud voice okay um but that was the demon make no mistake about it okay but anyway when authority is there they know the deal and he came out of that man Mm mm-hmm yeah he he had him possessed for a while, but when Jesus showed up on the scene, that's why he was so violent. Talking about something, we know who you are. Have you come to destroy us? And Jesus was like, look, 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 shut up. Come out. And he did. Now, I know they're making all these shows now about demons and everything, making them look cute and trying to make them seem like human-like and you need to care about their feelings and all this other kind of stuff. But um, let's go to Mark chapter 16, verse 9, which says, Now, after he had risen early on the first day of the week, and that is Jesus, okay, after he had been crucified, he, Jesus, first appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, seven demons. You see, these things ain't nothing to play with. They don't care if you're a lady. They don't care if you're a man. They don't care if you're an adult. They don't care if you are a child. They will ravage you. They will get in you. They will control you, okay, and get you doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And as we see, as they got them pigs to do, okay, when they got into them, there was too much for them pigs to handle. These things can be, these things can can really wreck somebody. We see the man at the tomb, how he was. He had, if it was enough of them to go into over two to go into 2,000 pigs. Imagine all that inside that man and you see all the behavior that they was talking about where he was in the tombs and the people chained him up and he broke out of them chains. One man broke out of the chains. It wasn't that man. It wasn't all that man. It was them demons inside of him that was wrecking and ravaging him and them things can be strong. Sometimes you done seen people and you like, hold up. You done seen children and they acting all kinds of crazy and they stronger than seven, ten men put together and they hurting and harming people, harming themselves. That my child may not just be that child or that person that might be a demon or multiple demons inside of them and as we see in this example we see that they don't care if you are a man or a woman because it says that seven of them 
seven of them was in Mary Magdalene. But you know what? When it comes to the power and the authority, Jesus said, come out and he cast them out. So so make no mistake about it. Ain't nothing cute and cuddly and friendly about them at all. These things can even cause ailments, sicknesses, diseases, all kinds of things that be wrong with people. And they think that it might be something that is natural, but it could be caused by a demon, a possession of a demon. And let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 22, which outlines this for us, which says, then a demon possessed man who was blind and unable to speak was brought to Jesus and he healed him so that the man was unable to speak talked and could see so we see it correlates the possession of this man by this demon to him not being able to speak or see which means he was blind Okay, but Jesus, it says, healed him so that the man was able to talk and the man could see. So he healed him from his blindness and from his muteness. And again, is correlating this to his demon possession. In Acts chapter five, verse 16, it says, the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together as well, bringing people who were sick or tormented with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed. So when it says tormented with unclean spirits, it means demons, the devils. And if we remember with King Saul, when God has sent the evil spirit on him, okay, to torment him, he wasn't well. It made him do certain things, influenced him to do certain things that he otherwise wouldn't do when that spirit was off of him. And remember, David came and played the harp and the spirit would leave him and he would feel relief whenever David played from that evil spirit. So it's showing us here how these spirits can torment people from the inside because it says that they brought sick to him and they brought those who were tormented with unclean spirits and guess what it says it says they were all being healed so not only the people that were sick but those who were tormented by the unclean spirits and remember with king saul when david played that harper said it gave him relief and what do we do when we are sick? We seek relief, whether it's through medicine, whether it's through some other way. And so in this particular case, it's showing us when we have these demons that that are inside of us or I'm saying inside of me, but <laughs> but that are inside in, inside of us as as people that possess people, that those people are tormented. Those people who have demons inside of them are tormented, which is why they are at the utmost thrust to do some of the things that they're doing because that torment inside of them is pushing them towards it. That's what those demons are doing inside of them. So when you seeing them, you observing all that craziness that's going on with them is because they're tormented on the inside. Anybody who is possessed with a demon is being tormented on the inside and they 
need to be healed and to be healed, they need that demon out of them. You know, at this point, let me give a disclaimer. Everybody can't be like Jesus. And let's look at Acts chapter 19 verses 11 through 16. That's going to show you that. It says, God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. But also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to use the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had the evil spirits saying, I order you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Now, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, doing this. But the evil spirit responded and said to them, I recognize Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? <laughs> and the man in whom was the evil spirit pounced on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of their house naked and wounded okay i think y'all know what naked means okay they won't <laughs> they hightailed it out of there them seven sons of skeevers okay so like i was saying everybody can't be like jesus so apparently they didn't have that same authority that the disciples had been given by Jesus and apparently they didn't necessarily believe in Jesus like that because it said they attempted to use the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had the evil spirits and I'm just saying you gotta be right baby you gotta be right when you talking about trying to cast out some demons trying to heal somebody from some demons or you gonna end up like these seven sons of Sceva the evil spirit said hold up wait a minute hold up wait a minute Okay, I hear them using the name of Jesus, and I know Jesus. I know who Jesus is. Remember the authority Jesus had when he stepped onto the coast out of the boat. The man who was in the tombs ran up to him, and them, them demons inside said, We know who you are. Have you come to torture us before the time? Okay, Jesus didn't even have to really like speak a word out loud though. <laughs> and they was like, hey, we know who you are. But these men, these seven sons of Sceva, the Jewish chief priests, uh -huh, came and they was like, we adjure you by the name of Jesus to come out. And the demon was like, hold on, wait a minute. Uh -huh, I know that name. And I know Jesus. Now I know Paul. make sure you got Jesus and you in the authority of Jesus before you talk about trying to 
deal with some devils or some demons. Remember, I told y'all these things don't care. They don't care if you're a man or woman. They don't care if you're an adult or a child. So let's go to Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 30, and you're going to see. Now Jesus got up and went from there to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know about it. And yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing about him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Now, the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician descent, and she repeatedly asked him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying to her, let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And he said to her, Because of this answer, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And after going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Now, when he's talking about the children's bread and all that and the dogs, he's basically talking about the chosen people at that time who were the Israelites or the Hebrews and the dogs are the Gentiles. Okay, so he just used that kind of like a parable. But this woman, she didn't get offended or anything. She said, Lord, even the dogs, they wait under the table for the crumbs, whatever the children going to leave behind, going to give us. We'll take it. So she was like, whatever you got, I'll take it. But please help me. My little daughter needs help. And notice it says her little daughter. Remember, I told you these things, they got no shame in the game. These things don't care. They don't care about you, even though, like I said, they got these shows and movies and all this stuff out here trying to depict demons as cute and cuddly and like they got feelings like humans and all this. These things don't care at all. They'll wreck and ravage even the little ones, even the children. They'll do it to women. They don't care who it is. They don't care if they got something going on or whatever, you know, something some kind of um, psychological issues. They don't care if they delayed or anything like that. They don't care. They don't care at all. And as we see here, like it says, her little daughter had a demon, but you know what? Hallelujah, the authority, Jesus Christ, didn't even have to be there in her home because of what she said. She said, I'll take the crumbs, Lord. He said, go ahead and go. The demon is gone out of your child. He didn't even have to be there to cast them out. So that should be showing you something right there. That should be telling you something right there. Those of you who are in Christ who know God, okay? You have such power and authority. You don't even got to be there for it to happen because they know what's up. So even from where Jesus was, he wasn't in that woman's house. But hallelujah, the word was sent out by way of the spirit and the thing had to go. The thing had to go, okay? The thing had to go. Again, I told you these things don't care about nothing and nobody. They will wreak havoc. They will ravage 
anybody and anything that they can. And let's look at Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 20 to see that. When they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers terribly, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't cure him. And Jesus answered and said, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him and the demon came out of him and the boy was healed at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why can't we cast it out? And he said to them, because of your meager faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing, nothing will be impossible to you. So we see here, there's a man who is bringing his son to Jesus. And you notice at the end, it says the boy was healed. So it wasn't a man. Yeah, it says son, but it clarifies, let you know this was a boy. It wasn't, it wasn't a man. It wasn't an adult. This was a boy. So we see here that, the, like I said, these things don't care. They'll get in the children. And we see they'll get into the animals, cute little Fido. Oh, yeah, they'll get in the Fido. Okay, Polly want a cracker. They'll get in the Polly too. Okay, but we see here also the man says that I took him to your disciples and they couldn't help. And Jesus was like, you unbelieving perverse generation. Why? Why haven't you learned yet? Why haven't you grasped this yet? That authority that you have, why do you not believe? And it just took Jesus just a moment to rebuke him. Like, get out. Okay? And the demon came out of the boy and he was healed. It says, at once. At once. That means immediately. Okay? Now, the disciples tried to you know, they were a little shame, so they went to the side and like privately asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast them out? Jesus was like, because of your faith, you ain't got no faith, your little, little, little bit of faith, you ain't got enough faith. But why is that? He said, even if you have the faith, the grain of a mustard seed, and I don't know if you've seen a mustard seed, go ahead and Google it, look it up so you can see how small them things are. He said, even if your faith is that small, you'll be able to say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing is impossible to you when it comes to me. If you are in me, if you're operating in the authority and power that you've been given from God through me, you'll be able to do the same things that I did. So again, these things don't care. Man, woman, adult, child. <laughs> they don't care. Animal, okay, big animals, little animals, they don't care. They'll wreak havoc and ravage. They'll possess. They'll do some damage, okay? But when it comes, don't play around like Jesus said. You have the authority if you are in me. 
And moving on to our next example, let's go to Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18. It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave woman who had a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing great profit to her masters by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us and cried out repeatedly, saying, These men are bond servants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation. Now, she continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed. And he turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. So here we see that there's a slave woman and she is possessed by a spirit of divination. Demonic. <laughs> okay. A demon. Okay. This is nothing but demonic. A demon when it says the spirit of divination, okay, because God is against that kind of stuff. Now, it says that she was telling fortunes, basically a fortune teller. Now, today in the world, they want to make it seem like fortune telling is a good thing, all right, because they say, oh, they're telling you the future, so that's a good thing, so you know what's going to happen. But the thing is, like I said, she had a spirit of divination. She was possessed by a demon. So demons can kind of know some things from the future um they can kind of observe things and kind of tell what's going to happen and all this other kind of stuff and go back to the past and consult and all this other kind of stuff but it's not from the spirit of god it's not from holy spirit so if it's not from holy spirit it means it's coming from another spirit and that other spirit would be evil okay demonic a demon and so that's what she's operating under as a fortune teller but also no she is a slave so it may not be that she wants to do this she has to do it because she is a slave well she could have the choice not to do it so let me just back that up there's always a choice but because she's a slave she's just doing what her masters tell her to do okay so she's um she's telling fortunes and so she sees paul and the other disciple and demons know they know authority they know they know god they know the spirit of god just like when jesus stepped off the boat and the man who had been all up in the tombs ran to him and the demon spoke to through him to jesus saying we know who you are <laughs> okay and jesus really hadn't said anything he just stepped foot onto the land but they new authority was there so in the same way that jesus is able to also discern between that which is of his father which is of god and that which is of the devil or satan demonic it's the same thing that paul was able to do here because if you remember jesus when we look at peter peter who was influenced by the Holy Spirit when he declared who Jesus was. And Jesus said, this this came by my father. Okay, my father revealed this to you. But then a little bit later on, he's speaking to Jesus, telling him that what Jesus said is not going to happen. And Jesus turned and rebuked Satan and said, Satan, get behind me. He was 
talking to Peter, looking at Peter, but he said, saying it behind me. So Jesus discerned that it wasn't the spirit of God that was influencing Peter to say what he was saying, but it was Satan instead. So in that same way, Paul was able to discern that here, although this slave woman was saying something good, okay, and it would appear that what she had to do, the duties that she was responsible for, according to her masters, was something good that the world will say was good because she's telling the future. She's telling the fortunes for the people. And she was saying something good about the disciples. She was saying, these men are bond servants of the Most High God. So it sounds like she's even giving praise to God, saying he's the Most High God. But hey, the demons and devils, it says they know. <laughs> they know Jesus. They believe Jesus. But they ain't going to heaven. They ain't going to be saved. And so here, just because she is speaking good of God, saying he is the Most High God, and she was saying that they're proclaiming, they're telling you about the way of salvation if you want to be saved. She's saying something good, but you got to be able to use discernment to know the difference between the spirits. And here, she's possessed by a demon. So this demon is saying these things because the demon knows it's true, okay? And other people around may not have been able to discern that because they just hear something good coming from her. And hey, she's a woman. So who would expect a woman to be possessed by a demon? But Paul knew. Paul was annoyed. Is it? Paul was annoyed. And he turned to the spirit. Okay. It says he turned and said to the spirit. Now he turned around, you know, looking at her. But he said to the spirit, not per se to the woman, but to the spirit. Just like it said with Jesus when he was talking to Peter, when Peter said what he said and he turned jesus turned to peter but he said satan get behind me so in the same way paul turned to the woman and he said to the spirit not to the woman i command you in the name of jesus christ to come out of her and it came out at that very moment because paul was operating in the authority and the power he had through jesus christ from god now nah, he wouldn't like them seven sons of skeva they knew who he was. Remember, the demon spoke to the seven sons of Sceva who tried to use Jesus' name, who tried to cast the demon out of his victim by using Jesus' name. That demon said, now look, I know who Jesus is. I know who Paul is, but who are you? <laughs> we had this case because they knew who Paul was and they knew the authority and power he was operating in. So um, I'm just saying you got to have discernment. To know the difference, okay, whether this is spirit of God or whether this is demonic spirit, okay, coming from, from that other side. And so in this case, there was a woman who was possessed by a demon spirit, but what she was saying sounded good. And what she was doing to the people, it may have seemed good because she's telling fortunes, but mm-mm, baby. Mm -mm, baby you got to be able to discern to know the truth and when it comes to demon possession them things will try to fool you for real like i said they don't care who they wreck and who they ravage whether it's man or woman adult or child in this case they had a woman but through that discernment paul was able to see that so please use discernment 
so you can know the difference everything may sound good and nice and everything may look nice and everything but that don't mean it's of god could have some demonic possession going on there now second corinthians chapter 11 verses 3 through 4 give us a warning but i'm afraid that as the serpent deceived eve by his trickery your minds will be led astray from sincere and pure devotion to christ for if one comes and preaches another jesus whom we have not preached or you receive a different spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted this you tolerate very well so notice it says receive a different spirit which you have not received and that ain't the holy spirit okay so mm, that could lead to possession by you being led astray by these things so again be watchful and pray and use discernment and our last example let's go to second corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 through 15 which says, for such men are false prophets, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. So we see here, there could be some coming with an entirely different spirit that could be possessed by demons okay and they're disguising themselves to appear as though they are apostles of christ kind of like the slave girl that we were looking at. not that she was disguising herself to be an apostle of christ but through the fortune telling the praises she was giving to the disciples you know it seemed like she was good that she was coming from that good spirit but no through discernment paul was able to tell that this is not the spirit of god she's coming from that evil spirit demonic uh spirit so again here is very important for us to watch to pray to use discernment so that we can be able to tell like jesus could to know when there is demonic possession demonic influence going on there to be able to tell between the spirits between the spirit of god and demonic spirits so here again there could be some that could be demon possessed say them false prophets them deceitful workers they putting on the disguise like they're christ but they ain't so just who's subject to demonic influence or possession all of us all of us whether you in christ or you not in christ because in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And he don't care. We already seen this through the examples. He don't care who he wrecked and ravaged, whether man or woman, child or adult. And Jesus says in Luke 22, verses 31 through 34, when he's speaking to Peter, Simon Peter, that is, he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to sift you men like we. And here when it's saying you, it's saying that he's referring to all men. He wasn't just referring to uh, Simon himself. 
but he's referring to all men and we know that men is genderless when it's uh speaking of men in the bible here is talking about mankind pretty much but he says simon simon behold satan has demanded to sift you men like wheat but i have prayed for you that your faith will not fail and you when you have turned back strengthen your brothers but he said to him and this is peter speaking lord i'm ready to go with you both to prison and death but he meaning jesus said i tell you peter the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me so here jesus is letting simon peter know and the disciples know you know what say has decided to sift you as we you know what he want to break you down and that's what he want to do with all of us whether we're in christ or we're not in christ because he mad satan is mad he not gonna be able to be in heaven he know his end he know his destruction and he mad about that and he don't want nobody else to have what he can't have and his minions just do what he what what he tell them to do his minions they know they can't either because they were kicked out of heaven so they all mad so they going after anybody they can it don't matter who man woman child or adult they're gonna wreck and ravage damage do as much as they can to keep as many away from god to keep as many away from the truth to keep as many away from salvation to keep as many away from the good that god has intended for us so again when it comes to the question who's subject to demonic influence or possession all of us so don't think that just because you know god okay or that you have accepted jesus christ as your lord and savior that you are immune to the tactics of the enemy because remember we got that example of peter and judas who were both with jesus you know close enough i told you to smell his breath which again i said i believe jesus had good smelling breath <laughs> okay but both of them was close enough people will look at them and be like oh they, these was his disciples but both of them were subject to the influence of satan and then we had old judas who got caught up in that possession of satan okay so we need to be on our game we need to be on point we need to be operating in our authority we need need to be doing a whole bunch of things okay a whole bunch of things watching and praying using discernment all that just like paul did when he realized that that young lady who was praising praising them and um praising god that she was operating on a demon <laughs> a demon spirit okay and he had to rebuke that he said come come out so really when it comes down to it none of us are immune to this whole thing about demonic influence or our possession so get on your game you know those who are not in christ are even more susceptible to it because you don't really have any defense against um satan and his demons okay you don't have none because the true authority the only one that they really gonna have to respect or they gonna have to do what it is they told is when it comes to jesus as we've seen through these examples because remember those seven sons of skiva tried to use the name of jesus but they weren't really in the power and authority of jesus so 
you you see what happened to them when the demon was like, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but who are you? And it said that they ran out their house naked and wounded. Okay, so if you're not in Christ, I would say you need to get in Christ, but not only in Christ, because again, we see how Peter was. Peter was close with him. Judas was close to him in the vicinity. I ain't going to say he was close with him, but he was close to Jesus, but you still see what happened with with both of those it was a totally different end though for peter than it was for um for judas but still even if you in christ you just can't get comfortable and think that oh just because i'm in christ every everything is gonna be daisies and everything Satan ain't gonna mess with me no he's still gonna he gonna as a matter of fact he's gonna mess with you even more when you in christ you see how the slave woman came up now that demon knew <laughs> that demon knew paul that demon knew the other disciple that demon knew but that demon was born was like hey praise to the most high god and they telling you about salvation he wasn't trying to be he wasn't trying that demon wasn't trying to be humble at all or nothing but paul recognized through his discernment that this ain't of god and said come out okay so so don't think that you immune whether you in god or not in god stay on your game all right some of y'all probably like well if none of us is immune if all of us are susceptible to this what can we do well how about let us start with what not to do about it uno numero uno do not fear do not fear that satan's main goal with almost anything and why because he knows he can get us to do almost anything when we are fearful. That's really what all his boogeyman tactics are meant to do. I mean, the Bible says to fear not over 300 times. So I think that should tell you something. I think it's clear that God doesn't want us to fear in any way, shape, or form. Now, saying that his minions, I mean demons, know if they can get us to fear in the case of the children of God, then we won't be operating in our authority and power that God has given us according to Psalm 8, which says we have dominion over all his creation, which includes Satan and his minions, a.k.a. demons. Yep, that's right, even them. Now, don't get it twisted. God didn't originally make them old evil things evil in the beginning. No. They were angels that messed up because they decided to go against God. And well, long story short, they became old evil demons by their own doing. The point is that God did make them. So we got dominion over them. Not the other way around, which is what they want us to believe through their tactics. And if we do and get in fear, we'll be in an easy position to be controlled, a.k.a. possessed or manipulated, a.k.a. influenced in a negative way by them. So don't do it. Don't fear, honey child. Just don't. Operate in your dominion that power and authority we've been given that same power and authority Jesus operated in, where Satan and his minions got to respect. 
or get dealt with. Just like when Legion ran up on Jesus talking about not being tortured before their time, begging to send them into the pigs, a.k.a. swine, Jesus said in John 14, we could do the same thing he did and greater. But for now, we need to grasp we can do the same thing. So be like Jesus and operate in that same power and authority. You got dominion over the minions. Now, if you're not a child of God, don't be like them sons of Sceva we talked about earlier. You can be like Jesus too and have dominion over Satan and his minions. But you got to do it the right way. Simply become a child of God. It's easy. Repent of your sins and confess your belief in the Lord Jesus and what he did. If you want a little help with it, though, stay tuned to the end of the discussion. Or if you just can't wait, fast forward a little bit to the invitation to salvation for a little prayer you can say for your decision to become a child of God. Oh, and if you just need to hear a little more about this becoming a child of God before you make that decision, check out the episode title, What Must We Really Do to Be Saved? Now that we got that out of the way, what can we do about demonic influence or demonic possession? Number one, you probably heard me say it a few times. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Mark chapter 14 verse 38 says, Keep watching and praying so that you will not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And this is Jesus himself talking to the disciples. Now I think if he was talking to the disciples who were close to him, you know that we need to watch and pray ourselves. Another thing we can do is draw near to God who, you know, has Jesus interceding for us to him. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says, Therefore, he is also able to save forever those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So, again, Jesus is interceding for us. So draw near to God because when we draw near to God and Jesus is, Jesus is like, Jesus is right there. Then we got him interceding for us. And another thing we can do, overcome, resist by the strength and intercession of Christ. It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, okay? I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through him which strengthens me. So we can overcome by knowing that we are strengthened by Christ. If we depend on him, that we can be strengthened. And that means that we can do all things. Like Jesus said, the same things I did, you'll be able to do and greater. Another thing we can do is to allow the Holy Spirit, who also intercedes for us, to help us. It says in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Now, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. 
for we do not know what to pray for as we should but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of god and we know that god causes all things to work together for the good to those who love god to those who are called according to his purpose for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and these whom he predestined he also called and these whom he called he also justified and these who he justified he also glorified well then shall we say to these things if god is for us who is against us he who did not spare his own son but deliver him over for us all how will he not also with him freely give us all things who will bring charges against god's elect god is the one who justifies who is the one who condemns christ jesus is he who died but rather was raised who is at the right hand of god and also intercedes for us who will separate us from the love of christ with tribulation or trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sore just as it is written for your sake we are killed all day long we were regarded as sheep to be slaughtered but in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And as we see down here in this last verse, it says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So know that even the demons, even Satan, and any of the demonic powers, because look, you're talking about principalities. It said nothing present, nothing to come, no powers. Ho, 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 ho. Hallelujah. No powers, nothing, not even hype, no death. It said not even any created thing going to be able to separate us from the love of God. Child, if we stay persistent, if we stay in Christ, oh, Lord. Nothing can separate us from God. So when it comes to something we can do against demonic influence and demonic possession, allow Holy Spirit who intercedes for us to help. Because like it says up there in the first couple of verses that the Holy Spirit himself is interceding for us with groanings too deep full words not even with words just groanings that's why you need to be in christ because holy spirit will be in you jesus said i go away but i send my comforter to you so when we accept jesus christ as our lord and savior we have holy spirit to come dwell in us and holy spirit makes intercession for us it says the groan is too deep for words and 
God who knows Holy Spirit says the one who searches the heart knows the mind of the spirit. So whatever the spirit is interceding for, it says like we don't know how to pray all we are. We'll know everything it is that we need. We'll know everything that's going on. But Holy Spirit knows. Holy Spirit from God. God who knows all things. Nothing catches him off guard. Holy Spirit knows and Holy Spirit will pray. Holy Spirit knows what's going on in that spirit realm that you may not know yourself. He knows what Satan is up to. He knows what them demons is trying to do, whether it's through influence or possession. He makes it session for us so we need to allow holy spirit to help us and that is another thing we can do when it comes to demonic influence and demonic possession to help protect ourselves or to protect others depend on holy spirit allow holy spirit to help you and one of the other things that we heard throughout these examples, especially when we saw Jesus Christ, we saw Paul do it too, is cast them demons out, okay? Cast them demons out. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons hallelujah you will cast out demons just like jesus did just like paul did if you believe in christ jesus and what he did hallelujah if you if you repent of your sins and you believe like he said then you will be able to operate in that same authority and power and cast them old things out in other words ha in other words, you will be a demon buster, baby. <laughs> if you a child of God, you are a demon buster. I need you to operate in it. Uh-oh. Now you know how it go. And just like that with that last line, I got a song. Be a demon buster. There's something strange in your neighborhood. What you need to do? Be a demon buster. If there's something weird and it don't look good. What you need to do? Be a demon buster. I ain't afraid of no demons. I ain't afraid of no demons. Be a demon buster. They playing around, messing with your head. What you need to do? Be a demon buster. One of them crazy things and got in your bed. What you need to do? Be a demon buster. I ain't afraid of no demons. I ain't afraid of no demons. What you need to do? Be a demon buster. Might think you're alone. Well, got that wrong. If Holy Ghost in you, you're a demon buster. <laughs> I know y'all didn't see that coming. Now, 
Although there's a difference between demonic influence and demonic possession, you know that if you're a child of God operating in the authority of Jesus Christ with Holy Spirit, it don't matter. Because either way, you got this. You're a demon buster. <laughs> but don't just take my word for it. I encourage you to do your own study, pray, and read the Bible so you can know that you know that you know. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in order to receive eternal salvation but would like to, according to Romans chapter 10 verse 9, all you have to do is confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Want a little help with that? Repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord God, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again so that I may have eternal life in you. So I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. It's as simple as that. Now you're part of the family of God. Wherever you are, find a local church or a group of believers that can help and support you on your new journey in your new life in Christ Jesus. Many blessings to you as you walk in who God created you to be, doing what he blessed and equipped you to do. You are God's child. Want to bless or show support for God, the Bible, and spiritual things explained? Well, you're welcome to send a financial gift to Cash App using cash tag G-T-B-S-T-E. You're also invited to pick up a little inspired merch from our store at Zazzle.com forward slash store forward slash G-T-B-S-T-E. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with other listeners. Thank you in advance and God bless you as he blesses those who bless his children. Catch you another time, another day, another episode for God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained. Thank <laughs> you.